Welcome to The Abundant Life. I'm Angela Todd, my amazing husband, Charles. Hello, darling. Hello. We're here to bring you the word and how we've done it God's way of just having an abundant life. We were broke, busted, disgusted, living in the basement in my mother's house, applying God's principles to our life has uh, increased us substantially, see time and harvest and giving, and we just want to share how we got here, especially in a time of need, in a time of crisis. I hate to say crisis because it's really a time of opportunity. So Amen. with that being said, my husband has prepared an amazing word, which he always does. That's what he's good at, is uh, getting into the word, seeking the Lord and bringing to you what's on his heart. So here we go. So today we're going to be talking about whatever the need God will supply and more, I think importantly, from a place of thanksgiving. And right now, just to kind of let you know where we're at, it's May 15th, 2020, so we're still... Are you sure? We still don't know it. You know, the days have been a little funny during the whole corona thing. So the reason why I want to bring that up is because there's people that have lost all kinds of things from jobs to investments mm -hmm. to whatever it may be. And I don't want to talk about today about what you already know, but we're going to talk about where we can go or more importantly, what we already have. Um, so we have so much. There was so much. my parents were full time missionaries for 10 years in Kyrgyzstan. And my mom sent me a video the other day and it was showing basically the bazaar and how they closed the bazaar. And for those of you who don't know, in these third world countries, the bazaar is basically it's their shopping center. It's the place where they get their goods. It's a place where they get their food. It's a place where they get everything. And a majority of people within some of these areas also sell things. So it almost becomes like a bartering system. So they had to shut down the bazaar in these areas because of coronavirus, and which means it's like having your grocery store shut down. It's having your retail store shut down. Um, so people don't have food right now. And we've had the opportunity. We've got partners in Kenya and Liberia, Sierra Leone, some of the poorest places in the world that we've been able to travel to and we're helping those people right now. And it was a reminder to me when I saw the video when these people don't have food, how fortunate, how blessed we are here in the United States because right. it's easy to start looking at, you know, I lost a job or I, my business, um, as a business owner, my business revenue has slowed down and you know, all of these things, we can easily get focused on that. But here in the United States, it's like, we can still go to the grocery store. We can still do some of the things that we're able still to do. Still have running water. <laughs> still Enough. have sunshine. You still have family for some. Uh, and, and even if you don't, you could, there's always something, especially living here in the U.S., that you could be thankful and grateful for. Amen. So what we wanted to do is today is kind of just redirect your thinking maybe and start thinking about the things that you can be thankful for instead of thinking on the things that maybe you've lost and that's you know what the word of god always does it renews our mind right. and as we renew our mind um, i think of the word repent and the word repent doesn't mean that to get down on your hands and knees and say you're sorry repent in the greek means metanoia it means change your mind it means to make a 180 so whatever you were focusing on that was negative when you get the word of god in you and you start to meditate on that word you'll make that one hit 180 degree turn to go to a more positive place so and we've all been there even even when you do and I just want to say even when you do have something and your life is full you can even start thinking the wrong way like oh I'm gonna lose it or you know how can I grab onto it so even in the poorest place and even in the richest place um, and there is repentance of just 
you know, repenting before the Lord and being sorry. It's just like if I upset my husband, I'm going to come to him and say, babe, I'm really sorry. That's just being humble and repenting before my husband. Not that I ever do that so often because it's always him <laughs> doing it to me. Here we <laughs> but, go. Um, but you always have something to either be, you know, grateful or sorry or just the way you're thinking. You're talking about repentance. So anyway, I just wanted to throw my peanut gallery in there and I okay. will from time to time. So not to side drag you. So anyway, I wanted to um, just go to a part of scripture. It's Matthew 14 and 4, um, which really shows uh, when Jesus was thankful. And we we're talking the other day when we were on a walk saying, you used to be that saying that was, what would Jesus do? And what I said when I said this is, what did Jesus do? Not what would he do? What did he do? And so that's what we're going to look at right here. What did he do during this time? And how did he give thanks? And how can we model this type of prayer? Um, you know, why we're praying. So we start us off by Matthew reading. Sure, honey. Great, thank you. <laughs> uh, Matthew 14, 14, right? Yeah, when this he, is out of the Amplified. When he went ashore and saw a great throng of people, he had compassion, in parentheses, pity and deep sympathy for them and cured their sick. When evening came, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote and barren place, and the day is now over. Send the throngs away into the villages to buy food for themselves. Jesus said, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. And they said to him, his disciples, we have nothing here but five loaves and two fish. Like, what is this among so many? And he said, Jesus said, well, bring them to me. Then he ordered the crowds to recline on the grass. Think about that for a second. Then he took the five loaves and the two fish, looked up to heaven. He gave thanks, blessed, and broke the loaves and handed the pieces to the disciples. And the disciples gave them to the people. And they all ate and were satisfied. Amen. I love that. So there's a bunch of things going on here. I want to break this down for so you. So much going on. You can take one little teeny, he wept, and it's full. Here's the first thing. <laughs> He had compassion. Right. It says in the parentheses and amplified, pity and deep sympathy. So, and from there, he healed the sick. So Jesus, his heart, his love is to fulfill that need, whatever it may be, whether it was in this particular instance, was healing and also the providing of provision. And so what he does, he tells the disciples, he says, you know, we need to take care of these people. And the disciples say, send them away to the village to buy their own food. It's like it's just like us to not want to fulfill a need or even care, right? Because we have our own agenda and we're always looking at what what's not there, right? Looking at the And letter. that's what I think what the disciples here were they were looking at this big need. There was a big need. There's a lot of people that need to be fed and it's like they didn't have any so if they're focused on not only the need, but they're also focused on the lack what they didn't have and sometimes I think we, when it comes to our finances, it's easy to do that sometimes, especially right now, if maybe somebody in your household has lost a job, maybe there was two people that had were employed and one person has lost it. And now it's like, instead of looking and being thankful for what you do have with the one job still, it's more easier sometimes to focus on that lack. So it's a matter of like we're talking about changing your mind and looking on that. So the next thing uh, that Jesus says is that he says, do not make them go away. Give them something to eat. So the disciples said, let's get them out of here. Jesus <laughs> says, no, let's keep them here. Let's take care of them. And the next thing, here the disciples go again. They says, 
But we have nothing but these five loaves. And like Angela said, one of the other translations said, it said, what is this so little among so many? Once again, they're focusing on the lack and focusing on the numbers and not focusing on um, what Jesus was trying to get them to. So Jesus finally says, he goes, well, bring him here to me. Let me take care of him. He tells him to sit down in a place of rest. And this is, this is the part that I want you to really get to this. He took what he had. He took the five loaves. He took the, the bread and it said he looked up. He looked up and he gave thanks. And the revelation that I want you to get out of that is that right in the midst of where you might think that there's such great lack, mm. if you'll just look up just look up to your source. And that doesn't mean that's the actual physical way, but it's more of a way or a spiritual way of looking to God as your source, looking at him as your source for anything that you need, whether in this place it was he healed the sick, it was for healing, or it's also for a form of provision. We're focusing a little bit more right now as far as the form of provision. So, I mean, we've done this before in our own lives. Like when we've had uh, maybe a time when business was snow, slow, we have our own business. So sometimes maybe, you know, revenue can be slow or whatever. There's and it's ups like, and downs. You have them both. You know, you have your great times and then you have your holy cow, like what are we going to do in this moment? And that's where you And that's where we've, deep. we've exercised this. It's like you can say, okay, look at the pile of bills that we have. And then you look at the balance in your bank account and you do the same thing as the disciples. You said, you said, what is this so little in the account to how big all these bills are being? Some of you may be going through that right now. So we've actually done this. We've taken and we take the bills and we say, Jesus, you got mail. You know, we're, we're going to believe on you as our source to take care of this. Mm -hmm. And then we take a look at our bank account. You can either pull it up on your computer, pull it up on your phone or whatever. And I would just take that and Lord say, Lord, I just thank you for what I do have in my hand right now. I thank you that you are my source. Philippians 4, 6 um, says this, says, do not worry about anything. Don't worry about anything, but in everything with prayer and thanksgiving, make your requests be made to God. This is kind of how I'll describe thanksgiving is that, do you know what a turbocharger is? Sure, honey. No, I'm asking you. Do <laughs> no, you know? Well, you're the car guy. I know, I'm asking you. Do you know no, what a turbocharger is? No, I don't. Well, okay. I know it's in a car, but I don't okay. know exactly what it is. So this is what a turbocharger does. Here's your engine. Right. Okay. Here's your turbocharger. You put it onto the engine and it creates more power for the engine. So it's like an add-on thing. Doesn't come standard, doesn't come stock. It's a hooligan thing, right? Where you go and put it on the car because you want more power Some, and louder, sometimes right? which comes, can get you a ticket. Sometimes right? it comes standard. Okay, so? <laughs> it's not just a hooligan thing, it's a car thing. Okay, it's a anyway, car thing. Here's what I want you to get out of that. <laughs> Thanksgiving, your, your prayer is, is here. And your thanksgiving is like the turbocharger. It puts on to your, to your prayer and it adds power to that. And that's what Jesus Good. did when he took yeah. that and he held it up and he gave that thanks. Yeah. That thanksgiving was like the, the turbocharger on that, creating more power in that prayer. And the other thing that I think that it does is that it will increase your faith too. When you get in that mode of thanksgiving, it's just something changes in your spirit, something changes in your heart where you get from a place of focusing on the lack and the things that you don't have and focusing on the things that you do have. It becomes so powerful that it will actually just start to change and rearrange things in your mind and your spirit and your soul. And when that starts to happen, anytime you prosper in your soul, that's when you'll have the outer manifestation in the physical realm for those things that you're believing for. And the root word of thank you is grace. Grazie, gracias, gracia. Uh, yeah, I'm Hispanic, so I like to, gracias, darling. But that root word is grace of thank you. And we could go on and on and on about the grace of God and 
you know, because of the grace, we get to enter in with this Thanksgiving because of all that he did for us. You know, Amen. God first loved us. And until you have an understanding of how much you're loved first, you can't then love. If you don't understand by gr the grace of God and what he's done for you, how much he's given to you in all spiritual things and all his promises are yes and amen. If you don't meditate on that first, then you can't get a revelation of it manifesting in your life because your soul has to prosper first and just being grateful and thank you. But if you sit there and you soak there in that grace and that thanksgiving, your heart will start to be full where then you'll be able to go out and to overflow into other people's lives. I think a lot of times um, because our ministry helps other leaders of nonprofit organizations is that they get so drained because they're pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, pouring out. If you are someone who's always continually taking and receiving, and I understand there is a time to do that, but there's also a time to pour back into those who are pouring out, and that's what we're positioned to do. But just pouring out when you're empty, it becomes dry. You become irritated. You become focusing more on those things that you don't have because you're depleted in some way. You just got to stop and receive, get your fill, thank the Lord, because the more you thank him, the more you enter into the courts, the more you enter into that secret place, which is um, really awesome, and he'll just begin to fill you, even with just that love, that you're able to then love your husband, love your kids, love your, you know, and excel in business, and have the grace to do it, so I think, you know, part of, yeah, grace and thanksgiving is just going before the Father thanking him, being filled up so that you can then be a blessing and to others and then start to see change in your finances and increase and in coming back. And I like what, when we are depleted, what we have learned through the years is to actually sow money or Amen. sow a seed yeah. in that dry place uh, because that's when things can really change. Uh, but you also have to be directed uh, in doing that. I think that was Jerry Savelle one time. I heard him when I was at a conference. He said, if you have a need, sow a seed. Yeah, that's and we've, a good one. we've lived our life by that. And some of the times when maybe it just feels like you don't even know how you're going to get out of a situation. You don't know how you're going to pay for something. But it's like whatever God, whatever you have in your hands, that can be a seed. I mean, I think about the lady with the two mites. You know, it said that she gave more than anybody, all the people were giving out of their abundance, but she gave the two mites and that was more than all of them gave. And sometimes it's like, you look at like the disciples, what is this among so many? You know, and you might look at what you have in your bank account right now and you say, what good is, can this be? But God knows your heart and God knows what you have. And it's out of that, that heart that you give out of, through grace is that then you, you set yourself up to reap a harvest on that. And so I just want to encourage you right now. Yeah. Um, there was a podcast that um, I did, four different podcasts just recently, and you can go to our website, toddworldwide.org, if you want to hear more about how to, what to really do with your finances right now. Yeah. Uh, but one of the things that I was talking about was don't stop giving during this time. Do not stop giving. And I understand, like I said before, that you know, some of you, your business revenue is down, and our business revenue went down. You know, and when that first happened to us, I even, I mean, as a man, as a business owner, I start thinking, am I not believing right? Do I not have enough faith? I mean, the enemy will start to do those things in your mind. And so what I did is I went and I meditated on uh, Genesis 26, when Isaac sowed in a time of famine. I, I stood on that word and then I looked back too, and 
um, actually this was the fourth podcast, was I talked about prospering during a time of famine and went through the whole story of, jo of Joseph in the land of Egypt. And the thing that I got out of that that really encouraged me is that there were seven years of plenty and there were seven years of famine. So even with Joseph, when he was basically controlling the world, not just Egypt, but the world, that they had that abundance and even they didn't have anything coming in during that time of famine. So that gave me, because like, okay, you know, nothing's coming in right now, but we're prepared because we had savings set aside. We have mm -hmm. emergency savings. We Thank do God for him. People say, you know, have three <laughs> to six month living expenses. And for people that don't have that and are struggling with that right now, I get that. This is part of yeah. our teaching is preparing you for the next time when something like that uh, comes around. But that really helped me by getting to the word and doing that so I didn't like feel inferior. So anytime that you need to be picked up in any way, the word's always got your back. God's always got a personal word for you if you'll get in and get a revelation. And I forgot where I was going with all that before I started talking about Joseph. Giving. Yeah, just basically giving. No giving, ma no matter, you have a need, so a seed. No matter how big, no matter how small, do not stop your giving. Um, and for us, we typically give at the first of each month. And then if things change based on revenue, then I'll monitor, but we give anywhere the tithe plus another 20 to 30%. We've done that for years. We So we're at like about a 30 to 40% giving. We worked and our way into that. It wasn't, it doesn't just happen automatically. I mean, you have to get a revelation of the tithe, um, especially the tithe, but the root word for the tithe in the Hebrew is actually rich. Um, maser, it comes from the Hebrew word maser. And even though we may have experienced not as much income coming in at during this time. The savings was there. So yep. in essence, we really didn't lack anything right. except for, and the phone still did ring. I mean, the phone rang like you know, a few times and then we started getting more jobs in our engineering business. Um, so it wasn't a complete standstill. It wasn't like we, we lost everything because I think supernaturally the Lord had prepared us for this time for a surplus that we did have set aside. And that's what he teaches on so well. And again, he was talking about the resources to go back and do that. But, um, and then, I'm sorry, you were saying I got sidetracked on you sidetracked how me awesome. Now. <laughs> I, know, I know where I was going with this. And He's the same. This is our, this is our testimony. Okay, we're getting our testimony. Right. Revelation says that we overcome him, that him being Satan, by the blood of the Lamb in order to testimony. This isn't us bragging about how wealthy we are, bragging about all these good things. Where what we're doing is we're giving glory to God because yeah. there's power in that. And I, what I find so interesting about that is that testimony is right next to the blood of the Lamb in the same, same context. Yeah. It means that testimony's got great power. And we're getting close to running out of time, so I'm going to finish up and wrap it up with this, is that during that lean month that we had, April, it was super lean. And we've never experienced anything like this in 20 years of our business. Um, Not even in 2008. So what I did, and when you get a testimony from somebody, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's your blueprint to go and copy. No, what it it's is, just it's, an encouragement. It's an encouragement word, and then you've got to go pray, and you've got to get direction from the Holy Spirit yourself. Right. You cannot take another man's testimony and say, I'm going to do it just like he said it. You've got to be directed by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. But this is what we did. And this was directed through the Holy Spirit is that the next month, the month of May, the first of May, we tithe and we gave double of what we gave last month. Yeah. With, when we haven't even had any, didn't have hardly any revenue coming in. So we were tithing faith, and, we and giving in advance. Gave and tithed in advance. And 
like I said, that's direction of the Holy Spirit. And we do that as a word, like I said, a word of encouragement to you, that it doesn't matter where you're at, doesn't matter how small that it may be. The encouragement that I want you to get out of this is don't stop giving, no matter how big, no matter how small, God knows your heart, He loves you, and He's out to take care of you, and He will supply for every single one of your needs. So I just encourage you once again, just go to Him and pray and give thanks give for everything thanks. that He's got in, given you. All this to say, hand. give thanks. <laughs> give thanks to the one who laid down His life, who shed His blood, who redeemed you from destruction, Amen. who lifted you to places of great expectation. And we're just going to impart to you right now a blessing. So Lord, I thank you for everyone who's watching. I thank you for everyone who is experiencing um, a deficit right now, whether it be you know financially, spiritually, physically, uh, if somebody has lost something, Lord, I just pray that you would open their eyes, remove the scales from their eyes, let them see the fullness of what they do have. And Lord, I ask that you would speak to each and every one of them. I pray, Lord, that your hand would stretch forth in the midst and that you would bless them abundantly, Lord God. And I pray that Hallelujah. it just, even as they hear this right now, that things would begin to change, not Amen. only in their soul, yes, but Lord. as they give thanks, Lord, that you will bring breakthroughs. So angels, we loose you now to bring forth their harvest. Satan, take your hands off their money, their health, their mind, and everything associated with who they are in Christ. And if you're not, then we would just invite you to just receive Christ in your heart and say, Lord, just I just repent of my sin, receive you in my heart, and have full control over my life. It's just Amen. that simple. It's just that simple. Thank you, Lord. Uh, I hear about you, but I want to know more of you. Thank you, Lord. Uh, just invite him in. It's pretty awesome because everyone needs this kind of grace in their life, believe me. Amen. 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 All right, we'll see you next time on... The Abundant Life. Amen. <laughs>